I'm Tracy from Stuff You Missed in History Class. Are you a small business owner or even someone who dreams of entrepreneurship? Then check out Season 2 of Mind the Business, small business success stories from iHeart Podcasts and Intuit QuickBooks. Join hosts Austin Hankwitz and Janice Torres as they interview entrepreneurs sharing insights around starting and nurturing a small business. You won't want to miss these inspiring stories of entrepreneurship and discovering ways to business differently so you can too. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. Planning your next trip? Choice Hotel's family of 22 brands has over 7,400 locations and the perfect hotel for any traveler you want to be. Like a Cambria Hotel, serving up locally inspired craft cocktails for all my folks who maybe want to meet up and talk about Mad Royals. Check into a Radisson Hotel with flexible workspaces for you strivers who listen during business travel. Or a Comfort Hotel with free hot breakfast, family-friendly pools, and big spacious rooms for the parents who listen with their kids and need a little retreat. What are you waiting for? Join Choice Privileges and start earning points toward your next stay. Find a stay for any you when you book direct at choicehotels.com, where travels come true. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Happy Saturday, everyone. Today, we are going back to a frequent listener request. That is Ludwig II of Bavaria, the eccentric monarch who is sometimes nicknamed the Mad King. This episode is from July of 2010, featuring previous hosts Katie and Sarah, and they talk about how that nickname is really a misnomer. Welcome to Stuff You Missed in History Class, a production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm Katie Lambert. And I'm Sarah Dowdy. Today, we're going to start our episode with a housekeeping tip from King Ludwig II, builder of Neuschwanstein and patron of Wagner. Sarah, take it from here. All right. So if you enjoy really opulent, multi-course dinners with your imaginary friends, but you don't want a bunch of servants and footmen interrupting the the changing of the courses, interrupting the service, you should install a trapdoor dinner table. So that way, when you're done with your plate or when... Louis XIV is done with his plate, you simply press a button and then wait, and your settings will descend into the floor. And soon enough, the whole table will reappear, freshly laid out, new food, new plates, and you can get back to entertaining your guests. 
That is a true story, and it's no wonder that Ludwig is part of a popularly requested trio of topics, the king himself, his castles, and his composer. And there's a lot of lovable weirdness here in this story and some eccentricities, plus some enormous building projects and bizarre royal families, which you know how much we love those. And, you know, who knows? We might even mention our most favorite theme of all. Which our most loyal listeners will know what that is right away. But uh, to start off, we're going to go for another common theme, which is sad royal childhoods. So Ludwig II, who's also known as Louis II, was born in Munich at Nymphenburg Palace on August 25th, 1845, which interestingly was the same day and same hour that his grandfather and namesake was born. And he is a Wittelsbach, a member of Europe's longest-ruling dynasty. They ruled Bavaria continuously from 1180 to 1918, which is when the last of their line was forced to abdicate at the end of World War I. And initially, this family ruled as dukes and duke electors. Some were Holy Roman emperors. But by 1806, their duchy is raised to a kingdom by Napoleon, and they become kings. Max I, Ludwig II's great-grandfather, is the first Wittelsbach king. But Ludwig's grandfather, King Ludwig I, is more famous for his womanizing than anything else. And he's even decorated the Nymphenburg Palace with portraits of all these gorgeous society women. It's called the Gallery of Beauties. You can still see it today. I liked author Michael White described it as a room of high-class pinups. But um, this is a pretty conservative state. So People would like their king to at least keep this discreet, and he loses it completely when he meets Lola Montez, who's a beautiful Irish woman who's pretending to be a Spanish aristocrat. She is a trip. We yeah. might have to cover her in a later podcast. Yeah, we, we might. And they have this very open relationship. People really don't like it, and the king is forced to abdicate in favor of his son, Maximilian II. And this is, of course, Ludwig II's father. So Maximilian is not a big fan of being a king, though. He would really rather be a professor, study, read books, and he's also not interested in his son. So this gives you a little background on what Ludwig's childhood is going to be like. And his mother, Marie of Prussia, is exactly the opposite of her husband in every way except one, that she's also completely uninterested in her children and spends maybe an hour a day with them at the very most. She's athletic and pretty and is proud to say that she's never read a book, so I don't think she can hang with us, Sarah. No, not at all. We should also say that Ludwig's parents are cousins and that his family, aside from his parents being cousins, is severely inbred. Another thing to keep in mind as we go on. So little Ludwig becomes heir to the throne at two and a half, and life is pretty sad for a crown prince. He's lonely. He's neglected. He's also pampered, though, because every wish must be catered to, and he's uh, very undisciplined. And the birth of his brother Otto only further splits this very limited (laughs) parental attention. And Especially, this is bad when Otto starts to suffer from hallucinations and requires a lot more care and attention than Ludwig himself. And his childhood, as Sarah points out, is actually a lot like the palace he was born in. It's very formal, it's grand, but it's also isolated. And so perhaps it's no wonder that he turns to elaborate reimaginings of medieval architecture as an adult. 
But since architecture is such an important part of Ludwig's later life, we should go into a little more detail about his childhood architecture he grows up around. The Wittelsbach's official home is in Munich. They don't spend, or at least Ludwig doesn't spend a terribly large amount of time there because being in Munich means work and business. And Which we don't do a lot of in this family. No. <laughs> and Ludwig instead grows up at Hohenschwangau, which is about 40 miles away from Munich, and it was a palace built by his father. And the walls there are covered in murals of German legends, and uh, you can actually see these today. They're still there. And uh, these legends, along with biblical stories, really fuel this poor, lonely young boy's imagination. So you're bored at home, you read some Bible stories, maybe you dress up like a nun. <laughs> this is what he does. And our shy, imaginative boy is also really obsessed with his own power. It's not all these sweet, imaginative games. Uh, at one point, he tries to strangle his younger brother, and instead of apologizing, he says that Otto is his vassal and had disobeyed him. <laughs> and he steals from a shop and tells a governess it doesn't matter because everything will belong to him someday. So a very healthy mindset. Yeah. So becoming crown prince as a toddler was obviously the first major event in Ludwig's life, really shaping who he became and his future. But the second major event in his life is his discovery of Richard Wagner at age 13. And I'm really tempted to talk more about the composer in a later episode because he's really interesting and really controversial. But for now, we're just going to say that Ludwig loved Wagner. In caps on my outline. Yeah. <laughs> he wants to be Wagner's swan knight. He loves the music. He loves the big elaborate theatrical sets. And most of all, he loves the stories because after all, a lot of Wagner's music is based on those same right. Teutonic legends that Ludwig has literally grown up seeing around his bedroom walls. Yes, his imagination comes to life uh, in a moody teenager. And our moody teenager became a moody king when his father died in 1864, possibly of syphilis. This might be our other new theme. And 18-year-old Ludwig inherits the throne. And he looks like a king. He's very tall. He's 6'4". He's slender. He has thick, curly black hair. He's extremely handsome. He looks like what Prince Charming should be. People go crazy when they see him during the funeral procession. And he's a romantic hero as well as the king. Yeah, it almost only helps that he's so moody and so bookish. It, it adds to this. The handsome brooding man. Exactly. I'm Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. Did you know small businesses make up 99.9% .9 of all businesses in the United States? The world is powered by entrepreneurs. And if you're a small business owner or even someone dreaming of starting your own business, then you'll want to check out Season 2 of Mind the Business, small business success stories from Ruby Studio, from iHeartMedia, and Intuit QuickBooks. And every episode hosts Austin Hankwitz and Janice Torres talk to entrepreneurs about how they've grown from the the lessons of launching and nurturing a small business, and how they have found success being their own boss. From the excitement of first starting out to finding the right tools and resources to process invoices and payments like QuickBooks Money, you won't want to miss these inspiring stories of entrepreneurship and discovering ways to business differently so you can too. 
And if you're a small business owner or even someone dreaming of starting your own business, then you'll want to check out Season 2 of Mind the Business, small business success stories from Ruby Studio, from iHeartMedia, and Intuit QuickBooks. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian, someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day, seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if everyone's being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash Papertarian. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep experts. <sighs> Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Planning your next trip? Choice Hotels has a stay for any traveler you want to be with 22 brands and over 7,400 locations. Whether you're a business traveler, a family road tripper, someone who wants to seek out history and maybe make your own, or just planning a quick getaway, Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. Like a Cambria Hotel, where you can be a cocktail connoisseur and sip locally inspired craft beverages at downtown locations in the center of it all. This is a fun way to visit cities with a lot of history and a lot of fun in mind. Or a Radisson Hotel for all our productivity powerhouses out there. With flexible workspaces and on-site restaurants, you'll get the most out of your work trip. You'll get the coffee, the Wi-Fi, and the work done. And we can't forget about comfort hotels. Imagine you're a family road tripper, waking up in your big spacious room and then heading down to a free hot breakfast for the entire family, including waffles. So you'll be well-fed and ready for the day's adventure, even if that's just relaxing. After that, you're spending all afternoon relaxing by the pool. You deserve it. What are you waiting for? Join Choice privileges and start earning points toward your next stay. Find a stay for any you. Book directly at choicehotels.com where travels come true. Like we said earlier, though, he's really obsessed with Wagner. And one of the first matters of business when he's king is to send for the composer. And the very indebted Wagner, moves to Munich, makes all these immediate financial demands, like, I need a new theater, King Ludwig, and Ludwig is happy to oblige. The politicians, however, 
um, freak out, to put it in <laughs> nice historical terms. They're also getting really worried, not only because Ludwig is spending so much money on this composer, but because Ludwig really loves Wagner, like um, loves, loves Wagner. Object of affection. Yes. <laughs> he writes him passionate letters, and Wagner, who's smart enough to work his job, returns in kind. Wagner at the time is, of course, hooking up with his mistress and future wife, Cosima, who's the daughter of Franz Liszt, and the woman largely responsible for later creating the cult of Wagner. And once the teen king told Wagner that he would give up his kingship and come live with him, Wagner realized perhaps things had gone a little too far, had to talk him down, hides the woman in his bed. And eventually the Bavarian cabinet says that enough is enough and Wagner is kicked out after a year. Yeah, we don't want another Lola Montez, everybody. So moving on from this early infatuation, Ludwig seeks consolation in his best friend, who is his cousin, Sissi, also the Empress of Austria. And she's a little out there, too, like a lot of the Wittelsbachs. She suffers from anorexia. She suffers from manic depression. But she really understands Ludwig, and she understands the problems he's facing and is able to talk to him. You know, they write letters to each other. And Suddenly, he's engaged to her little sister, Sophie. And you might wonder how this extremely awkward young man comes together with this beautiful young woman. And their apparent interest, shared interest, was Wagner, of course. And I feel like today they would meet on some sort of internet message board about <laughs> We're music. both attractive and we both love Wagner. We should probably get married. So they get their official photos made up, they plan the wedding, and then he starts to get cold feet and he pushes back the wedding date. He asks his doctor to certify him as unfit to marry. Mm. And finally, he tells Sophie that there is not the love which is necessary for a matrimonial union. So burn, Sophie. And that, of course, is because he was probably gay. And in addition to his obsession with Wagner, uh, his secret diaries disclose liaisons with uh, lots of actors and maybe some military officers. And they were destroyed in World War II. But a lot of his inner turmoil seems to have come from guilt about his sexuality because he was a devout Catholic. Yeah. But this isn't all to say that Ludwig is totally isolated from matters of state at this point. What we've described so far might sound like somebody who isn't going to work every day. Um, but that isolation really comes later. In 1866, he actually enters the Seven Weeks War on the side of Austria against Prussia. Um, but at the defeat of Austria, he signs an alliance with Prussia and works to reconcile these two big powers in Germany. So this alliance with Prussia comes into play in 1870 when there's a war against France, and he sticks with Prussia, uh, avoiding a potential Franco-Austrian-Bavarian alliance, and Prussia wins. And then at the urging of Bismarck, Ludwig actually helps put out the call to all the other princes of Germany to unite into this German empire under the rule of the Prussian king, who is from there on out known as the Kaiser. But Ludwig is kind of disappointed with aspects of this new arrangement. It's not exactly what he had hoped it would be. His territory isn't expanded, and 
you know, as, as one of the kings who's not the Kaiser, he doesn't have as much power as he'd like. And he thought there would maybe be some sort of sharing of the crown between his state and Prussia. And that's not how it worked out. So he's still king of Bavaria, but now it's just a state and not a kingdom. And again, he's a bit of a figurehead. So, you know, why bother? He retreats into increased solitude and what do you do when you don't really have a kingdom to run, you don't have your composer to live with, and you really don't want to get married? You build your own Kubla Khan, right? Or three of them. So Ludwig builds three castles and designs three more, and they occupy him during his increasingly isolated life that starts in the 1870s. And from this point on, he's mostly alone. He dines alone. He goes to his theatrical performances alone. He switches to this vampire-like nocturnal schedule where he gets up at 5 p.m., um, but his first major building project, he doesn't he doesn't start off right away with a huge castle. He starts off with a remodeling project, and that's redecorating his father's castle and his childhood home at Hohenschwangau. And he must have caught a nice view from there because he starts to plan a bigger project. Which, of course, is Neuschwanstein across the lake. And this is seriously the Disney castle. And while it's not the most elaborate of his creations, it's definitely the most recognizable. It's a reimagining of what a medieval castle looks like with plenty of French Rococo and Bavarian Baroque thrown in. And it's planned by a theatrical designer, not an architect. And it's basically Wagner-themed with swan-shaped taps and an indoor grotto from Venusburg, the opening apparition in Wagner's opera Tannhauser. And it takes 17 years to construct. It's actually never finished. And Ludwig only spends about six months there total, all added up together. So the next place he builds is Linderhof, which is a homier sort of residence, and it's about 12 miles from Neuschwanstein, and he builds it between 1869 and 78, and it's actually modeled on Trianon, though, so not terribly homey to most of us, still an elaborate palace. He really liked the Bourbons. His coaches and his sleighs were staffed by coachmen dressed in reproduction Louis XIV livery. He would spend about two weeks of every month at this house and had a harmonium set up for Wagner along with that disappearing table we mentioned in the intro. But it's here that he starts all the weird stuff, waking up at 5 p.m., dining with his imaginary friends, then going out for midnight carriage rides as he, again, just retreats more and more from society. But he, he sticks with the Wagner theme for this place, too. Linderhof has the Venus Grotto, another Venus Grotto, imagined again from Tannhauser. And he would row around in the man-made lake on this gilded seashell. You can look up pictures of this. It's yes, pretty cool. Sarah sent me one today, and we decided <laughs> that might be a better use of our time. <laughs> and the lake is actually illuminated by one of Bavaria's first power plants, because who wants a dark? creepy cave made out of plaster. It needs to have all these cool blue and red lights. It also had a Moorish pavilion with a peacock theme, perfect for opium smoking. If you're so inclined. <laughs> and a hunting cabin with plenty of faux wood stumps and fake trees. Again, Disney alert. 
I'm Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. Did you know small businesses make up 99.9% of all businesses in the United States? The world is powered by entrepreneurs. And if you're a small business owner or even someone dreaming of starting your own business, then you'll want to check out Season 2 of Mind the Business, small business success stories from Ruby Studio, from iHeartMedia, and Intuit QuickBooks. And every episode hosts Austin Hankwitz and Janice Torres talk to entrepreneurs about how they've grown from the lessons of launching and nurturing a small business, and how they have found success being their own boss. From the excitement of first starting out to finding the right tools and resources to process invoices and payments like QuickBooks Money, you won't want to miss these inspiring stories of entrepreneurship and discovering ways to business differently so you can too. And if you're a small business owner or even someone dreaming of starting your own business, then you'll want to check out Season 2 of Mind the Business, small business success stories from Ruby Studio, from iHeartMedia, and Intuit QuickBooks. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper... You're a papertarian, someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day, seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if everyone's being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash Papertarian. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep experts. <sighs> Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Planning your next trip? Choice Hotels has a stay for any traveler you want to be with 22 brands and over 7,400 locations. Whether you're a business traveler, a family road tripper, someone who wants to seek out history and maybe make your own, or just planning a quick getaway, Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. Like a Cambria Hotel, where you can be a cocktail connoisseur and sip locally inspired craft beverages at downtown locations in the center of it all. This is a fun way to visit cities with a lot of history and a lot of fun in mind. Or a Radisson Hotel for 
for all our productivity powerhouses out there. With flexible workspaces and on-site restaurants, you'll get the most out of your work trip. You'll get the coffee, the Wi-Fi, and the work done. And we can't forget about comfort hotels. Imagine you're a family road tripper waking up in your big spacious room and then heading down to a free hot breakfast for the entire family, including waffles. So you'll be well-fed and ready for the day's adventure, even if that's just relaxing. After that, you're spending all afternoon relaxing by the pool. You deserve it. What are you waiting for? Join Choice Privileges and start earning points toward your next stay. Find a stay for any you. Book directly at choicehotels.com, where travels come true. But his final big project was Heron Hemse, which was constructed between 1878 and 1885. And this time, he really honors the Bourbons and even tries to upstage them because the castle is a copy of Versailles, only bigger and better. Yeah, it has an even grander hall of mirrors where he would read under the light of 79 candelabras with 1,848 candles. It seems like you'd need a lot of servants for that. Or he would take a bath in this marble tub that took eight hours to heat and fill. And we, we didn't mention this yet either. The castle was built on an island in the middle of an alpine lake. A very exclusive island, I would imagine. Which, uh, yeah, a very exclusive island. It's going to make it harder to build, too, if you have to row everything out to, to the island. Well, and this castle is his downfall. Only 20 of the 70 rooms are finished. It cost more to build than Neuschwanstein and Linderhof together. And he only spends nine nights there. So multiply those candles by nine nights. Exactly. So this makes us come to the question, how did Ludwig pay for all this? And initially he financed these castles himself. He saw himself as a modern sun king. And accordingly, he thought he needed to celebrate this through the construction of castles, through the patronage of artists such as Wagner and others. But it's not that long before he runs out of money, obviously. He starts to borrow on his own pay, way, way ahead. He tries to get loans from the Shah of Iran, from the Turkish Sultan, from the Duke of Westminster. He even orders his cabinet to find loans and is very threatening and forceful when they're coming up short. And so by 1886, he's being sued for debt, which is terribly embarrassing. And he has this harebrained plan to rob a London bank. doesn't work out. So the government is starting to get seriously worried. Like, is our king crazy or is he just spending way too much money? Either way, this has got to stop. He was certainly lonely, he told an aide-de-camp. Sometimes I call one of the domestic servants or postilions and ask him to tell me about his home and his family. Otherwise, I would completely forget the art of speech. And in his private journals, he appeals to dead rulers for help. Louis XIV, Charles I of England. These are his friends. And it's interesting. A lot of the stuff I read about these castles and about Ludwig, apparently the tour guides refrain from calling him the Mad King anymore, which has long been his nickname. It makes sense. It's not a very nice thing to call someone. Sorry for using it in our title, Ludwig. <laughs> Eccentric is more often used today. But his family definitely has some mental health issues. His brother, Otto, who we mentioned at the beginning, is schizophrenic, and he's put into an asylum. His aunt, Alexandra, is put into a convent because she's positive she swallowed a glass grand piano. 
But if Ludwig is crazy, he's very lucid at times, too. He writes these eloquent letters. He studies French history and literature. And he's even politically astute when he actually, when he actually tries. tries, you know, and he's not worrying about his castle, castles or his opera and actually gets to work. Well, his best friend, I think, says it best, Sissy, and she said, he's not mad enough to be locked up, but too abnormal to manage comfortably in the world with reasonable people. So that's the assessment from the person who knew him, knew him better than anyone. Yeah. So finally, the Wittelsbox worried that Ludwig would bankrupt their family, go to the prime minister and say that, well, you know, we'd be okay if you deposed the king. And so a panel of doctors declare Ludwig insane without seeing him. It's kind of like the tabloid. <laughs> Very tabloid. Um, and the noted psychiatrist, Dr. Bernhard von Guten, is one of these. And so on June 10th, 1886, Prince Leopold, who is Ludwig's uncle, declares himself Prince Regent, and Otto will be king officially, Otto I. And Ludwig is at Neuschwanstein when the delegation finally comes to arrest him. And the soldiers and peasants try to stop them, try to save Ludwig, but he's led away. He's taken to the Wittelsbach's Castle Berg, which is on Lake Starnberg, and he's attended there by the doctor. And that's when things start to get kind of weird. On June 13th, he asks to attend Mass but is refused. And later in the day, after a huge meal, lots of wine, he gets Dr. Gooden to walk along the lake with him. But they don't come back. And a search party finds that the king has drowned face up, which is strange because he was a very good swimmer and he was only in four feet of water. Dr. Gooden is also dead. So what happened? There are obviously a lot of theories about this, and the main assumption for many years is that the king committed suicide because he had no future. He was essentially a prisoner, and Dr. Guten drowned trying to save him. Others have suggested that he was perhaps trying to cross the lake to meet people sent by Sissy and escape to Austria and escape to her. And then others say he was murdered, maybe even that he was shot and not drowned at all. And we would probably know more, I feel, if we opened his crypt in Munich at St. Michael's. All of the Wittelsbachs are interred there, and they have identical crypts, but his stands out because it's always covered with flowers. And he's still very popular, Despite the fact that he nearly bankrupted his family, his castles are today among Bavaria's main attractions. Who doesn't want to go see the Sleeping Beauty castle? Yeah, well, and interestingly, they started to become these major attractions. I think within weeks after his death, people were paying to go to them. So in the long run, it's been a pretty good investment for Bavaria, I'd say. Ludwig's own memorial is far simpler than any of these castles. It's a cross in the lake at the spot where he drowned. But Sarah and I were talking about how it's always so strange for us to talk about these subjects who are supposedly so well-loved. We keep reading, you know, the well-loved so-and-so, but we have no idea how these people are actually viewed in their so, own countries. Yeah, if you're in Bavaria, let us know what you think about Ludwig. It always is a little funny saying, supposedly you people love this guy, but... You know, maybe not. It, it's easy enough to see, though, why he would be so well-loved. He's a gentle, pacifist king. He's extremely eccentric, but that 
only makes him more interesting. It's also always interesting, like we talked about in our Emperor Norton podcast, to try to diagnose people posthumously and figure out what sort of mental illness Ludwig was was grappling with, if, any. if it was, in fact, anything at all. And that's one of the reasons I think people are so interested in him, that and his gorgeous castle and this mysterious fate that we simply do not have the answer to. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us on this Saturday. If you have heard an email address or a Facebook URL or something similar over the course of today's episode, since it is from the archive, that might be out of date now. You can email us at historypodcast at howstuffworks.com. And you can find us all over social media at Missed in History. And you can subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, the iHeartRadio app, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Stuff You Missed in History Class is a production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah! And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that! A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in! Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it! Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Viking. Committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, cultural enrichment, and all-inclusive fares. Discover more at viking.com.